Hey, it's Karen Hunter from the Karen Hunter Show on Sirius XM Urban View. Here's a highlight from today's show. Now, I feel like we break news on the show. Uh, I First of all, yes, yes, there's been a settlement in the Jackson, Mississippi water crisis. And the person who helped shepherd it through is here to talk about it. Before we do, let me just say this also. Uh, the verdict is not in, at least by any credible source, on the Meg the Stallion shooting by Tory Lanez. Allegedly, we don't know whether he's been found not guilty, but uh, y'all out there trying to make that happen. The jury, as of an hour ago, 58 minutes ago, still deliberating. So let's wait for, I mean, it could still happen, but that's not official yet. But this is official, even though I've been Google searching this story, Jared Lodehold. Let me welcome him to the show. Amazing attorney and person that's out there yeah. doing stuff. Why isn't this like news everywhere? Jared Lodehold, welcome to the Karen Hunter Show. Let's welcome him in first. Thank you, Karen, for having me. It's always good to be here. Why isn't this bigger news? Well, I mean, there's a it's a $1.7 trillion budget. And so this is really just... It's, it's one page in like a few paragraphs of a massive, because every time we talk, it's like some massive bill, right? And it's kind of tucked into what they call a supplemental appropriation for disaster relief. So every year that they do a budget, usually there's something that has happened in the country where they need to put a lot of money somewhere because something happened. And that's usually a supplemental appropriation for disaster relief that we usually attach to the budget. So they most news outlets don't really cover the budget, the federal budget. Um, wait, wait, pause for a second, Jared. Yeah. Like that budget impacts. This is the federal budget. This is the yes. the budget impacts our lives even more so than you know who we send to Congress. That budget determines yes. things in all um, of these yeah, it does. states. It does, but I mean, Karen, <laughs> how many journalists do you know that? How many journalists do you know can navigate the federal budget? It's actually not an easy document to navigate. But this so, is your specialty. So, well, yeah, I mean, look, you, you <laughs> learn it quickly when your client has a water crisis. So you figure you figure things out really, really quickly. Um, but no, it's look, I'm thrilled at the news. Um, right, so wait, just walk us yeah. through in this in this trillion plus budget. There was a six hundred million dollar set aside or settlement that no. was so what, what is it? So it is $600 million that would go to the Environmental Protection Administration, the EPA, um, and the agency, I'm sorry, Environmental Protection Agency. They then would, they're on the ground in Jackson. They've been on the ground in Jackson since the water crisis happened because almost all of the water water dollars in this country flow through the, the EPA. And the EPA then sends the money to the states. And then the states then send the money down to local governments, uh, which I will suggest when we had this conversation, that's probably a broken system to fund water, which is kind of how we got to this position, I think, in Jackson. Um, and so the budget included $600 million that will go to the EPA that will go directly to Jackson. So it won't go through the state. Um, but the wording in the in the document basically says it will go to the $150 million will go for technical assistance. 450 million would go to like actual projects that would go to like the place where Joe Biden declared an emergency in August, 2022, but it's only one place where that happened. And that was in Jackson. And so um, this has been a decades long problem. This is probably the largest single investment in the history of the city of Jackson by the U S federal government. And the Biden administration, I think deserves 
tremendous credit. So I think the next time somebody says, what's it done for black people? He's helped fix the water in Jackson. And I think this is a significant development. Um, and there are a lot of people to thank, right? Mayor Lumumba in Jackson, that brother is phenomenal. I hope y'all have him on the show. Maybe you've had him on before, but he can talk to you about, Jackson's not going to be the last city where you're going to see a water system fail because of a flood. Um, that's the big thing I think we should take away is a lot of cities are on the verge and they don't- Because the infrastructure is not- it's old. Right. It's old, right? And so one, Mayor Mumba deserves all the flowers, all the credit. His team and Jackson have been phenomenal. Congressman Benny Thompson um, has been a voice for Jackson in the House of Representatives. He's obviously been doing January 6th, but he's also been working on this, right? Um, folks at agencies like OMB, the Office of Management and Budget, who make sure that when these dollars, these requests come from these agencies, they get into these documents because Biden requested 600 million to Congress and then Congress essentially honored the request and they're going to appropriate it. So again, this, this originated in the executive branch. And then you have players, now I will tell you, Republicans in that Mississippi delegation that I have been working with for months, Michael Guest, his office, Roger Wicker, Cindy Hyde-Smith, they all came together. And, and, and folks came together in a real way, which candidly doesn't really happen a lot in Mississippi, but it happened here. And you know, because I work on behalf of the city of Jackson and the residents of Jackson, part of my job was to herd the cats to be that kind of bridge between the city and Washington and the White House and everybody else to help get this done. And so President Biden, I think it, we should get a deal voted out by the end of this week, i.e. tomorrow, I think. Um, and when this is done, that city will have money that they've never seen before. Now I'll add to this, there was $100 million authorization in the defense bill that was um, that was also committed to the city of Jackson through the Army Corps of Engineers. I think a lot of folks may not know, but one of the largest kind of public works providers in this country is the Army Corps of Engineers because they're doing a lot of major projects along waterways and so forth in the city of Jackson's on the Pearl River. And so one of the things that we worked with Senator Wicker's office is to get a $100 million essentially credit line on authorization of what we call it in Washington to draw down for water projects that would be conducted by the Army Corps of Engineers. So that's another 100 million on top of the 600 million. And then in September, in the continuing resolution that got kept the government open, Senator Wicker's office again, and then working with the city and our team, another 25 million. So we're talking a $725 million. million. Mm -hmm. Now the city will tell you they have a $2 billion need. So as much as we're celebrating this, because we should, you know, I think the next phase of the conversation is how do we fund that difference and how do we prioritize those projects? But again, Karen, the way we fund water in this country is broken. No city should have to go through what the residents of Jackson have had to go through for decades now. And uh, I'm happy to play my, my small part in making sure that we've made progress on this issue in ways that we had not done historically. 
Herding cats, also known as lobbying, also known yes, yes. Uh, Jared Lodeholt does it better than most and does it quietly under the radar because that's where a lot of the work is done in silence in those rooms and those back rooms. And we need to know that there are people in those rooms advocating for the things that need to happen. A lot of us have a lot to say without knowing how anything works. And this (laughs) to me is the most frustrating thing about yeah. you know understanding politics and i'm glad that you mentioned cindy hyde, hyde smith and and um the other the senator whose name is escaping right. me right senator now roger senator, wicker. senator roger wicker because yeah. we send people to the state house or to the white house <clears throat> or to or to congress to do the bidding and it, you're not just doing the bidding of republicans you're not just doing the bidding of white people you're not just doing the bidding of people that you like you are there to serve everybody in that community if you're elected and this is what that looks like and everyone should be held accountable so apparently they figured that out and that's yeah. that's commendable well um, look people drink water right like and and, right. and at the end of the day you got to think about this your major hospitals are in Jackson Jackson state obviously is in Jackson but the University of Mississippi's medical college is in downtown Jackson. State government is in Jackson. A lot of your businesses are in downtown Jackson. What kind of what kind of commercial building are you going to have if none of the toilets are working, right? Or there's a boil water, you know. This is the type of thing that brought a lot of folks to the table and worked in a bipartisan faction. I cannot speak for the governor of Mississippi, who I think has not been helpful, candidly. Um, but I can say that the Republicans in that delegation in Washington they did their jobs and they did it incredibly well and they did it in unison. Now, again, we had to have some conversations, uh, but they were great partners. And, and I think Mayor Lumumba will tell you that, that he had real partners in Washington and that and that partnership was bipartisan. I this to me is kind of like a, a blueprint and we are leaning heavily into like how things get done and how is it duplicatable? So is there a system in place to rinse and repeat, because like you said, Jackson's not going to be the first, last, and the only, and it's mostly going to be in areas like where we live, where right. the yes. infrastructure's been bad, they haven't dealt with it for 50 to 100 years, and all it takes is one bad event, we got a serious, severe storm coming down, very cold, pipes are going to be frozen right. across the country, 100 million people are going to be impacted as as we brace for this winter event. Right. Some of those areas are going to be areas that obviously, you know, are going to be in a similar situation and that, you know, to, to have to boil your water, the, not yeah. just the inconvenience of it, but the, you know, if you're not boiling it, you're washing, you're brushing right. your teeth, like the the health crisis that, that comes with it. We saw it in Flint with the lead and, right. and all, I mean, this is, this is not uh, tenable and we should care more about human beings. So is this duplicatable, Jared Lodehold, what you did? Well, I, I think the funding itself, probably not, because it is this was an emergency that we were responding to and seeking to give funding for. And so unfortunately, it took a flood, right? Because Jackson had had previous kind of issues with the system before, but this one was pretty, this one was the most significant because the flooding took the main water facilities offline, where they just weren't pushing water out. And the water that you're pushing out wasn't treat it right so this was this is why you had to boil it right so i do think this i think that the infrastructure bill that we saw with the white house was great in that more money went into the state revolving funds and these state revolving funds is how most of your communities 
fund this water. To the Biden administration's credit, they had what's called Justice 40. And Justice 40 said, look, 40% of this needs to be committed to low-income, disadvantaged communities, yada, yada. Well, if you're in a poor state like Mississippi, everybody probably falls into some definition of disadvantage. And so you're still subject to the same kind of state-level politics, which in Southern red states, like I'm from South Carolina, sometimes you're going to have a governor that's not on the same page, and a lot of these Black communities are going to be left out to dry. Mm. And so I definitely think that a mechanism for direct funding beyond WIFIA, because right now you have what's called WIFIA, which is basically like a federal loan program. The problem is not all communities can borrow. They don't have the borrowing capacity, right? And so we probably should get out of the business of funding water in this country purely on a debt kind of basis. Mm. Because not every community can take on the debt that you have to take on because that debt has to be recovered through the rates people pay. So imagine if you're borrowing, 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 then you've got to raise the rates for the water. Well, guess what? Many communities, and this has been Jackson's challenge, was they didn't have the rate base that could support higher rates. And so the ability to, to, to just borrow is not there, right? And so the way that we structure water financing in this country is not sustainable. Only communities that can afford to borrow can afford to keep modern water systems which leaves smaller communities in Lurch, which means rural community. Any community that serves a large population of disadvantaged, lower income folks is gonna have the same problem because you use water every day. You flush the toilet every day, you shower every day, you run the sink every day. Those pipes every day get wear and tear. And so I can't think of a more important utility for us to say, you know what? Maybe our approach of debt only is probably not the best way to fund this because we don't fund roads through debt only, right? Like now sometimes you do borrow, but I'm the, I'm at a point now where I'm like, no community should have to go through this and hope and pray that you got the right president because this would not have happened under President Trump. Say that again, please. Because this would not people, have It doesn't matter. Same, they're the same. Why would it only, have happened under um, President Trump? Again, Joe Biden, Joe Biden deserves the credit his administration and Michael Regan from the EPA, a black EPA administrator, the second black one I think ever, he has spent time in the deep South. He came from North Carolina. This is why elections matter, right? He came from a deep South state. He understands these challenges that these states have because at the end of the day, the states only have so much money and they can't give it all in one city. They have to spread it out. They don't have enough. So the pie is not big enough in the first place. And then we're asking them to spread it out. And then what they're spreading out are loans. And there's only so many loans you can take on. And there's only so much that you can do when you've got a rate base full of working class folks and folks who can't afford for their water bills to be high. So this is where we this is why we're in the the, the situation we're in. Well, we're going to keep. Talking about this in 2023, because uh, I know that you have other clients that also uh, will need some highlighting of some of the work that you're doing. And so we're going to stay in touch. I'm very grateful that you're in the position that you're in. Morehouse Man, Ice Miller, Jared Lodeholt, Mary Happy, and all of the things. But let's Thank keep talking you. next oh, year. Yeah. We'll, let's keep 2023, going. we'll be back. Thank you for having me. Hey, this is Karen Hunter. You can listen to The Karen Hunter Show live every Monday through Friday 
at 3 p.m. East on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.